The world of agriculture technology is vast and constantly evolving, with new innovations and companies emerging at a rapid pace. At AgTech Media Group, we understand the importance of staying updated and connected in this dynamic industry, and that's why we're thrilled to announce the launch of our new AgTech Company Directory, a comprehensive and user-friendly resource designed to help you navigate the complex landscape of AgTech innovators. More than just a list, it's a curated collection of companies leading the charge in transforming the AgTech sector from startups pioneering new farming methods to established companies adopting cutting-edge technologies. Our directory spans a wide range of leaders dedicated to advancing agriculture through technology. Whether you're a farmer looking for the latest in crop monitoring tools, an investor seeking promising ag tech startups, or a researcher interested in sustainable farming practices, ag tech directory is designed to cater to your specific needs. You can filter by sector, technology, size, or location to find exactly what you're looking for. To learn more and to claim your company listing, visit agtechcompanies.com. You need educated people from other sectors into your company for a more diverse knowledge. But also you need to build your own education platform for your own employees. And also in the Netherlands, there is no school uh, focused on how to build a greenhouse or how mm. to design a greenhouse so all those knowledge is in the company so you have to educate most of all new employees welcome to the vertical farming podcast weekly conversations with fascinating ceos founders and ad tech visionaries join us every week as we dive deep into the world of vertical farming with your host harry duran Vertical Farming Podcast Season 9, regular listeners to the show, welcome back. I appreciate your support. I appreciate you checking in week after week, year after year, season after season, spreading the word about the great work we're doing, sharing the stories of these inspiring folks from the world of vertical farming. If this is your first time listening, I'm glad you found us. This is the show where I interview fascinating CEOs and founders of the leading vertical farming companies from around the world. I'm your host, Harry Duran, podcasting since 2014 with my first show, Podcast Chunkies, and founder of Fullcast, our full-service done-for-you podcast agency. Been enjoying a lot of the travel that's been happening recently. I've got some more coming up. It's been a crazy couple of weeks, as you may have heard by some of the places where I'm recording intros. Last week, I was at Podcast Movement. I was grateful for the opportunity to speak on two panels about storytelling and about sponsorships related to podcasting, and it was a special moment to connect with friends, old and new. I've been attending Podcast Movement since 2014, when it was just a Kickstarter event, and it's amazing to see how the event has grown to be the biggest podcasting conference in the world. This week, I'm up north in Minnesota, up by Brainerd. For those of you that are familiar with the state, it is in the northern part of the United States for those outside the country. And it's a beautiful time of year here. I'm staring out at the lake, enjoying these days of summer. I know they go quickly, and before you know it, it's going to be leaves falling off and snow coming again. So I'm going to try to make some more time for some travel to warmer parts of the state as we head into the winter months with my partner. So I'm excited about that. As I mentioned, I do have travel coming up and I'll be attending the Vertifarm conference at the end of September. If you have not registered already, head on over to vertifarm.de and please make sure if you've heard it here and you're intending on going, use the promo code VFPODCAST23, that's V-F-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-23, and you'll get a free ticket. 
So the link for that will be in the show notes as well, and you'll hear a promo coming up in our sponsor section. In case you missed last week's episode, we had a great conversation with Mary Catherine Scala of Freight to Plate. We connected at Indoor AgCon and had a great conversation about their work they're doing in Chicago with Container Farms. Very inspiring. Make sure you cue that one up if you have not already. This week, I speak with Lottie Van Hrein. I think I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> and it took me a couple of times, and you'll hear that on the interview as well. She's the general manager of Surthon. And in this episode, she talks about her expansive knowledge and experiences in the greenhouse industry. She's been in what she's called the family business for some time, and she brings to the table a lot of experience as it relates to greenhouses and vertical farming. She walks us through that journey and talks about the important role of mentors and visionaries that have shaped her career. We talk about the prospects for greenhouses and vertical farming in this new climate and her lessons learned along the way. I always appreciate when guests can get a little personal, and I was excited to hear about her dreams of circumnavigating the globe by water, which I found fascinating. We talked a little bit about that as well. So appreciate Lottie's time and sharing her story, and I know you'll really enjoy this episode. Remember, if you're enjoying this one specifically or past episodes, please leave us a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash VFP. Nothing would please me more than read yours out next. And remember, these episodes are chock full of great takeaways. And as a listener, I always want you to focus all your energy on our conversation. Rest assured, you can always visit verticalfarmingpodcast.com to read the full show notes for each episode, which includes the guest links as well. Okay, before we jump into this uninterrupted conversation with Lottie, here are a few words from the amazing partners that support this show. Mark your calendars for the CEA Summit East in Danville, Virginia from September 19th to the 20th, 2023. This two-day event co-hosted by Indoor AgCon and the Virginia Tech IALR Controlled Environment Agriculture Innovation Center brings businesses and academia together to help you grow your business. Immerse yourself in a full lineup of research showcases, panel discussions, and keynotes featuring top experts, grower operators, and other thought leaders. Explore the latest CEA innovations from tabletop exhibitors. Enjoy quality networking opportunities. Don't miss this unique opportunity to attend a conference at a research facility where you can get a first-hand look at cutting-edge research projects happening right now and explore ideas for collaboration with Virginia Tech and IALR researchers as well. Vertical Farming Podcast listeners can save 10% off the standard passes with code VFP. Visit ceasummit.com for more details and to register. This episode is brought to you by Horty Agri Next, November 20th to the 22nd. In this first edition of the conference, you can expect a vibrant show that will bring together a portfolio of high-level horticulture technology to the Emirates, with the goal of aiding the Emirates to take the next step in becoming more self-sufficient in their food production, aligning with their 2051 goals. The show is expecting eight to 10,000 visitors over the three days and will include investors, buyers, curious farmers, government officials, university professors, and association members. Booths are still available and exhibitors are welcome. Partners for the conference include the Abu Dhabi Agriculture and Food Safety Authority, Dutch Greenhouse Delta, and Wageningen University, which will provide a wealth of knowledge and insight. Sessions will include a mix of Emirati and Dutch speakers and will highlight how these different worlds will come together in partnership. Based in Abu Dhabi, the agricultural hub of the UAE, the government's involvement will ensure that companies interested in partnering with the Emirates receive their full support. Co-located with VIV MEA 2023, the premier show in livestock production and animal husbandry, this week will provide a comprehensive look at the entire ag industry supply chain both vertically and horizontally. This year, Vertiform takes place from September 26th through September 28th at the Exhibition Center in Dortmund, Germany. For those new to Vertiform, it's the most significant trade fair for next-level farming and new food systems. Their international platform 
is set to showcase the latest developments in innovative controlled production systems for vegetables, salad crops, herbs, and microgreens, as well as sustainable fish, insect breeding, fruit cultivation, and medicinal plants. Vertifarm is shaping the future of vertical farming and new food systems. Reserve your ticket and learn more at vertifarm.de. That's V-E-R-T-I-F-A-R-M dot D-E. So, Lottie von Klein. Perfect. General, Ma- General Manager of Srothan, thank you so much for joining me on the Vertical Farming Podcast. Hi. How has your day been so far? What's the best thing that happened today? The best thing is that the sun is shining in the Netherlands. So it's real spring. Yeah. Oh, okay, so okay. I like to be outside and I can go on my bicycle to the office. So that's yeah. the, the perfect part of the Netherlands when there is sunshine and you can ride your bicycle. Yeah. yeah. Lots of tulips. Yeah, but not in the Westland area where I live. We don't have yeah. that much tulips, no. Yeah. Okay. So, so where did you grow up? Here in the Westland area, in okay. a little uh, village named Monster, next okay. to the beach. So in between okay. the beach and the Hague. Yeah. yeah. Perfect place to grow up. So we have the city and the beach and the Westland Was... area. So uh, grew up in a greenhouse. Yeah. <laughs> That was going to be my next question was farming, gardening. Was that a big part of like your family? Yes, yeah, Serton is our family business. So I grew up with the company. Okay. So yes, indeed, we have greenhouses and yeah. What was that Technology. like for you personally? Like, was it, like, is that, what are the memories that you have in terms of like growing up around, you know, this environment? Yeah, I have no comparison or something. I only do this way. And yeah. for me, it was a perfect youth. Yeah, I'm in the Netherlands. It's when you're young, it's free and go to school, have friends. And yeah, so just a normal, happy, nothing yeah. special. <laughs> it's interesting because if you sometimes for people here in the States, if you grow up in the city, for example, or around buildings all the time. Correct. You yeah. really... Your exposure to fresh produce is going to be in a grocery store or supermarket and you don't understand what the difference is or maybe no fresh produce, fast food or something like that. So it's really helpful sometimes to have that experience. Yeah. No, especially here in the Westland. When I was younger in my primary school, most of the parents are growers or greenhouse builders or working in the greenhouse industry. Okay. And most of them are growers. Yeah. So you've really been exposed to this for as long as you can remember. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah correct. Yes, that's true. And so when you went to, started studying and you went to university, did you know correct. that this was going to be the path for you? Not at all. No, I did my study at a university in Tilburg. Okay. And I did an economical social study combination between, yeah, we call it organizational studies, so like okay. a business studies together with a a more social component in the study. So I was, I thought I was interested in more, yeah, maybe that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, no, there was not a real path for me. I was okay. open and free to discover by myself and to yeah. travel. I traveled a lot around the world when I was younger. Yeah. So what are some of your open. earliest memories of travel and realizing the interesting things that you were seeing from different cultures. That's the difference between cultures, that there is so much more possible than your own vision or your own way to live. There are much more ways to live and you can, you have a choice as 
yeah, when there is a choice, you have a choice or you can yeah. make it or so maybe that's the most important thing to know when you're young that everything is possible. Yeah. That's, that is important. Yeah. Do you have any memories of favorite places you've traveled to? Yeah. I love to be in nature and I have a sailing boat. So I enjoyed all the travels with water, on water, inside water, dive, scuba diving, sailing, sailing around the islands. Yeah. That's, That's very, I think. A very nice experience. I think what's most important, or I think what I've found most impressionable when being on the open ocean is the expansiveness of it. Like when you go there and if you go out far enough, you can't yeah. see the horizon and you, you yeah. can't see the end. You can only see the horizon. <laughs> I mean, you can only see the horizon. <laughs> yeah. That's it. No land. That's it. Yeah, no land. Yeah. And then you have to do it by your own and by the people around you and by the trust in yourself and in the boat. Yeah, yeah. that's cannot explain that feeling or no. how it is to be on Earth, but you are the only one on Earth or yeah. on your own little Earth, but you're yeah, yeah. part of a, a bigger, yeah. Yeah. So one time I will sail around the world when I will. Oh. Yeah, that's my biggest dream or. Yeah. Is that something you would do alone? No, with my husband. Okay. Yeah. It feels like an adventurous and dangerous thing to try to do by yourself. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course we need a man. <laughs> or I that's need good. a man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, that's good. yeah. That's a, that would be an incredible experience to document. So. Keep us updated when you do that. I will. You can follow your journey. <laughs> That's good. I will. Yeah. So when did you start to think about this opportunity of working in the family business or, you know, obviously greenhouses have been a part of your life and greenhouse growing have been a part of your life forever. So can you think back to those earlier days as you were getting started and learning about, you know, yeah. what, what everyone in the family was working on? Yeah, when I was on the university, all my when, when I did my study, of finishing papers, I was always writing about about greenhouses, collaborations in the greenhouse industry, how to sell your products in a greenhouse, the marketing part, or uh, what's the difference between all the tomatoes in the supermarket, all those things. And so I was always writing and reading about what's happening in the greenhouse industry. So. After graduation, I started working for the um, Wageningen University research department, like okay. a real researcher. But of course, I did my research in the greenhouse industry to growers, how to, what's the most difficult part of being in a collaboration with more growers? Mm. Or how can we make a strategy with a group of growers? So okay. that was my research. And after that, I was, of course, on a family party or something. And my uncles asked me, what are you doing? And what are your dreams? And can you help us? The first uh, question was to support the company on HR. Okay. Because I have my, my university and we need to make a step in more educated employees and how to do that and how can we make a strategy and an organization what fits in the strategy or the other way around. Yeah. So that was my first step in the company to make a real organization around the strategy or how influences a strategy an organization and how can you do that by find people who fits in the strategy for the future. Yeah, so that was my first steps into the family business. 
So staying on the topic of HR, and it's been something that I've seen you talk about in a previous interview, this idea of your talent strategy, is it more important to grow people from the, who are doing the very basic work and develop them and train them, and then they can grow into senior management. And then is, is that one approach most some companies can follow or look outside and see what's happening in the industry and then pull in the best of the best. So when you think about the challenges and also availability of talent, you know, and you need both. Of yeah, course, yeah. you need educated people from other sectors into your company for more diverse knowledge, but also you need to build your own education platform for your own employees. And also in the Netherlands, there's no school uh, focused on how to build a greenhouse or how mm. to design a greenhouse. So all those knowledge is in the company. So you have to educate all, most of all new employees. And then especially which employees fits the most in the company or do we need for the future of what kind of characteristics or knowledge yeah. or people do we need and how can make a real team out of it or together and yeah so and then you need of course your own education program onboarding programs uh, everything and you need knowledge from other companies experienced cultures Everything, yeah. So what was that experience like for you when I'm assuming you took on the role of HR and, and what challenges did you have as you were figuring that out? I think for me, it's easy to ask questions like you. <laughs> and then it's easy to have a good conversations together. So you can also ask all the other ones. What do you think? And what do you think? So you need all those information and knowledge from everyone to see what fits and make small steps. Of course, you can build a strategy for the next 10 years and make a real big step for the next 10 years. But you have to make small steps. And to make all those steps, I think that's the biggest challenge. And so after, how long did you have that role before you moved into the next role at the company? Yeah, I think 10 years. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. And in during that time, what do you remember in terms of the industry? Because it's always changing, it's always evolving. You know, you're seeing a lot of interest in the experience of greenhouse growers in the vertical farming space because I'm seeing it myself, more greenhouse growers in these conferences. And so if you had to look back, how would you describe that the industry has changed over those 10 years? Yeah, I was working for the company for 17 years already, but the yeah. first 10 years, I think at that point, moment of time it was more in the internalization and to build it in other countries and how to build of course we can build greenhouses in the netherlands but how to build a greenhouse in the u.s for example yeah. and all those to make it in the u.s or other european countries and do it all again so to grow the companies to look more for other markets other countries other technologies how to combine those technologies I think in the first 10 years of my career in, in Sertum, I think it was about those teams' issues, okay, yes. Okay. And then for the, the next half, for the, the, next the last seven? <laughs> yeah, that's the, the growing part, how to combine the technology part with the plant and with the ec knowledge, how to combine the ec and the tech 
it's easy saying, ag tech, but and plant science and how to combine. And it's very important to combine in greenhouses, but also vertical farms, indoor farms. Where do you combine technology and a plant biology? Then you need experience, proven technology, how to prove your technology in nature. So I think the last seven, eight years, I think we focus more and more on how to create and design greenhouses and projects, especially for plants, a focused element in the projects. Yeah. When did you start to see the transition or the acceptance of robotics? Because it seems like, yeah, especially (laughs) big step, especially for an industry that's as old as greenhouses, you know, there was probably an inflection point when it started to make sense to look at this as something to incorporate into your operations. Yeah, that's of course the labor element in greenhouses and in growing when there are people or very expensive people or how do you find people and is a greenhouse a working area for people. So when the people, yeah, again, the HR in greenhouses is is difficult and I think in future it will be more difficult to find the right person and enough labor and for the right price of labor yeah the scarcity of labor yeah and so when and, uh, and not only the labor itself but also the um, experience of plant science making uh, decisions with plant data data driven growing yeah. So that's also kind of robotic, industrialized thinking. Can you talk a little bit about your partnership with Denso and how that yes, came of about? Course. You know, yeah. it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, that's a real interesting story. They asked us to make a greenhouse in Japan. So we discussed the greenhouse and all the characteristics of the greenhouse and the request list of the greenhouse and it was a special request because we needed greenhouse to build especially for the robotic research and they start to create design make harvesting robots for tomatoes so we have a lot of question of course for robotic engineers how can you make a robot and you have no any clue about you never see the tomato <laughs> so we combine our knowledge of the um, the plant and the greenhouse uh, together with denso and we start a collaboration yeah just a normal uh, co-creation thing together and out of that we see it Hey, we have the same vision. We have the same ideas. We have the same strategy. You are also a family business, much bigger than ours. But And so there was a point that they came up with the question, okay, is there a possibility for further collaboration together? So then the question came up to do it with minority of shares. Yeah. So that's why we do it together. And we have a few pillars for the collaboration and one of that is the technology the innovation part the the robotic and the other one we have a joint venture in tokyo for a sales hub to be able for building projects in asia in japan and uh, the third is the shareholder yeah yeah yeah. so we have those three focus areas for the together i imagine the design and the way these robots are designed and which crops they work with 
they're going to continue to evolve. The focus right now is solely on tomatoes. Yeah, we do research for much more crops, but we started for a tomato on a vine. Okay. So, yeah. So the and first step is with a tomato on a vine, a high wire tomato on a vine. Yeah. Okay. And how many different versions of crops did you have to go through before you f figured out that this was the one that, that was the best to use in this example? Yeah, no, for us, the more important question is why do we need a robot which for the robot comes to the plant and why can we not do it the other way around? Yeah. Most of the time, the thing is going to the robot and we try to bring the robot to the plant. So now we are trying to make small plants, movable plants to bring the plants to the robots. So now we do it yeah, with a new cultivation system um, with small plants. Okay. And it's also tomatoes for the yeah. first step. Yeah. But that's, we call it a grown-up system and yeah. yeah, we call it the bonsai. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a, s a small plant. So that's why the Japanese, we call it a bonsai a tomato. Yeah. But I imagine even... When you can figure out the logistics of the size of the plant and how to move it around, it's also important that it tastes good as well. So I imagine there's a lot of science, science behind that as well. Yes, of course. Yeah, in a grocery store, it's just a tomato. And of course, yeah, you need a good taste. And um, yeah, so that's, yeah, for every tomato or food, it's important that they have a good taste. Yeah. And so... Just to back up a little for folks that are, for the listeners who may be new to Sertan and they may not understand the business model, the markets you serve, can you talk a little bit about what the current product offering is, who your ideal clients and partners are? Yeah, of course. Sertan is a greenhouse building company. And next to the, the greenhouse itself, the, we also do all the technical installation inside of the greenhouse. So we make a full project for growing and we have projects all over the world. So we make for all different climates, technical installation for a perfect inside climate in yeah, a growing area that controlled environment for yeah. growing. And that's possible in greenhouses with a glass outside, but also when there is no artificial of only artificial light. So without any daylight, we can also make, and that's what we call vertical farming yeah. or indoor farming or city farming. And we call it a growing without daylight. So then we only use the artificial lights. We fully design that and also give support to reach the needed yields in the growing environments. Yeah. Where are you seeing the most demand for your services? Yeah, we focus on uh, Europe, of course. So also in Europe, we need the greenhouses. And we have projects in the US and in Asia, as I told. Yeah, so we almost everywhere we can build when there is a need for food. And the need for food will yeah, increase. So... From that point of view, I think that the need for greenhouses or cultivation system or how can we make more food with less resources, that specific question is, yeah, there's no specific area where there is no need for food. Yeah. And there are people you need fresh, sustainable, healthy food, functional food. 
Yeah. And this is probably something you've always thought of, but I wonder, did you see people's perception of this issue change after COVID when they realized supply chain issues, Ukraine, all these things happening? Yeah. And I feel like it was a wake up moment for people to realize exactly. and think clearly about where their food is coming from. Yeah. Where they're coming from, how they grow, how do they did that? What do you need for fresh food? And also when you are dependent on another country with boundaries and logistics and everything, then it's, yeah, you see also the country by country make the steps to become more self-sufficient on the supply chain for food. And, so, and that's COVID make an acceleration. Did you find within your community or within your network that more people were coming to you and asking you for help or asking you for questions once they became aware that you know, this is probably something they should be thinking about? Yes. And not only the food part, but also the energy part. So how can we do it with less energy? And the labor part we already discussed, but also the water part. You need water for making food. So also the water question. You need, yeah, water f to create fresh food. Mm -hmm. So in, in a greenhouse or in controlled environments, the need for water is, that's amazing what we can do with water in a greenhouse. You mentioned energy, which is a big concern and one of the biggest things you need to think about and as they put these projects into place. Have you seen any improvements in the use of energy in these installations? And where do you see the most promise for innovation? And a promise for innovation, I think, is in the reuse of energy. How can we use the energy, what's already there? So how can we, in the Netherlands, we make aquifers for storage, for heat or for cold? So I think the question is more how can we save energy or make a greenhouse with use less energy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think in all those kind of solutions, we can make you know, steps to reduce the need for energy in greenhouses. I'm wondering, given your experience in the industry and your family's history in greenhouses, what are your thoughts about this renewed interest specifically in vertical farming? Because, you know, greenhouses have a big history and in terms of, you know, implementations and experience in the industry. And I think a lot of that is now coming into specifically the vertical farming industry. So I'm, I'm wondering, having had that perspective for so many years, what your thoughts are about, you know, what's happening, you know, is it possible for the vertical farming industry to learn from the greenhouse? Yes, they, yes, of I'm course. Curious, I'm curious about your thoughts there. Yeah, and they, no, of course. I think it's for me, it's not black and white. It's not that knowledge is for in a greenhouse and that knowledge is for a vertical farm. No, it's the same plant. It's the same technology. Plant need the same climate, lighting, strategies, everything. So for me, there is no big difference. No. And so what I find interesting is I've, I've just now started going to the indoor farming conferences. So I've been to indoor AgCon. And I'll be at the Indoor Ag Tech Summit in New York City at the end of June. But I, I, even just in the small time that I've been there, it is interesting to see more presence from greenhouse growers. And I've seen beautiful Sertan booth as well. Thanks. And I think it's interesting because there is a lot of experience that 
the greenhouse growers brain and you know, stability and yeah not making the same mistakes that probably you've made years ago and, and not repeating the, the same yeah. mistakes again yeah yeah i think one of the biggest differences is in the greenhouse industry it's normally you have a grower and a greenhouse builder and that are two different parties and in the indoor farming you also see a lot of players to do it both so they make their own vertical farm and they are the grower so they make the technology and they are the same company who make the create or design the technology and the growing part. Yeah. And that's something that in the greenhouse industry, that's normally there are two different parts. Yeah. What's getting a lot of news recently, specifically within vertical farming, is the recent closings as well. And I think a lot of people who started some of these projects maybe had technology experience or had the funding, but no experience as a farmer. No. <laughs> so, and what that Correct. showed is obviously yeah. like that wasn't going to succeed. So I'm curious from an outside perspective, yeah. as you see these closings, like what lessons do you think can be learned from that? That also growing is a job. <laughs> it's difficult to grow. It's a real job. Plant science is difficult. So that's what I told you before. The combination between EgTech, it's not that easy that you combine technology and nature and plants so you're real bringing two worlds together yeah. yeah and in your experience you've probably seen these some companies come some companies go and do you think that we're going to see more of that just people trying new methods of operation is yeah. that something that you've seen before yeah in every new markets you see startups you need trials you need pilots you need stupid ones you need examples you need everything to make yeah make a new business yeah, yeah. so we also need the bad stories yeah i think the saying here is you, you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs no correct yeah no that's true you have to learn how it works yeah yeah, yeah. where do you see the most hope specifically within your industry for new innovations new technologies new opportunities i have a lot of hopes <laughs> and also there are a lot of opportunities i think it's just the beginning to yeah. bringing breeders technology experts growers all together and especially when we make the next step to the what's real functional food so what food do you need what ingredients of the fruits or tomatoes or vegetables i think the next step is more in functional food that we know what kind of food or ingredients of the vegetables we need. And if we know what kind of ingredients in vegetables we really need, we can control plants to make those kind of ingredients. So we now fully controlled the environment and the plant, but the next step is to control also the plant in the environment. So, and then we can make the step to real functional food with the ingredients we as human beings need in our food. And for that step, we need also the breeders. We need doctors or ones with knowledge of what kind of food do we really need. And I think that we are just at the beginning. And for me, that's my ambition to make a step in, those, in that solution for the world. I think. Yeah, so next to food, we also need health. And yeah. we can create health with the technologies we already have. And we can do it. We know how we control plants. So, yeah. 
Have you had experiences or relationships with mentors that have helped you throughout your career? Yeah, I think a lot. Yeah. And I met a lot of visionaires and I read a lot. And yeah, so I have a lot of mentors. Yeah. 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 Speaking of tough questions, what is a hard question you've had to ask yourself recently? For me, it's always a balance. We are small family business, but yeah. we have a lot of potential markets and potential thoughts. And But the balance between the world problems like water, tech, energy, labor, foods. So we're working with big questions for the world, but we are a small family business. We only have 150 employees. So we are a real small business in, and we have the solution for a lot of people for we have knowledge and ideas for creating so much, but we are so small. So I think that's, for me, my biggest concern or yeah. challenge or task to create a next step. And that's also where Denso came in. Yeah. Uh, the Denso company is much bigger, but bigger is, it's bigger is not only better, but they have a platform and a network all over the world. So also with those kind of companies, they can create more opportunities for us. But also there, it's a big company against a small family business in Bulldike. Yeah. So those kind of balancing, I think that's my biggest challenge every day. When you talk about the opportunities at Surthan and the initiatives you're working on, is there a question that you have not been asked that would make you know you wish somebody would ask you yeah i wish we can make more research installation we can make more for seed breeders more combinations we can make installation with real reuse of energy all over the world i think we can create greenhouses in areas with a real tough climate yeah, I, I'm always waiting for those kind of questions, for those kind of projects, yeah. Or for when it's difficult to grow, I think we have more solutions to make also small steps. It's yeah. not that you always need a very high-tech, fully equipped, artificialized, robotic, industrialized, data-driven, everything. No, only small steps can make a difference, especially in the greenhouse industry, especially when you are a grower and you have for irrigation or a small step in climate control. We can also provide small steps. It's not only the big and difficult things which can help also. Yeah. It sounds like with so much advancement happening in robotics and automation and technology, it's important not to lose sight of the human factor as well. Correct. Yeah. You have to do with your team. Yeah. So I think that's all the questions I had. I really want to appreciate you taking the time to share your story. There's so many different aspects of not only vertical farming, that's you know the focus of this show, but also the influence of greenhouses and the experience and the rich history of what has been happening in the greenhouse growing. I don't think vertical farming would be here without... With no. Those, yeah, without that technology, Correct. without that experience. Yeah, but it's the next step. You need both and we can make both. So we don't make... So that, yeah, as I told you, for me, it's not that black and white or it's just a greenhouse or most of the time you can always combine. 
the technology in a vertical farm you can use in a greenhouse and the other way around. So you need both. And in specific areas, you need a vertical farm because of the outside climate. And in some areas, you need a greenhouse. So it's not us who choose the which technology we need. No, it's the outside climate, which we can or use or not use for growing. And those specific characteristics of the area that makes the difference in the technology of, for a greenhouse or an indoor farm or vertical farm. Yeah, that makes sense. So I've been leaving a few minutes at the end of these conversations as an opportunity for you. If you have any messages because of the people who listen to this podcast, it's your peers, your colleagues, the leaders of these other vertical farmings, and a lot of them listen to the show. So is there any message you have for your colleagues in the vertical farming industry? And there's so much more to create and there's so much more that we can bring or gave the world and that we need more collaboration together. So be open for other ones to collaborate on innovation and technologies. So if you have a question on those issues, you can always call me or my colleagues to collaborate. I think we have to do it together. And yeah, the questions we need to solve and to answer are too big to do it on our own. And we have solutions for the whole world, but we need more peers, I think, who sees that we have, that we can create and we can make a healthy world with enough healthy food. Yeah, I think it's a consistent message that I've heard in these conversations that it's an important, the time is now to partner together and we need in America, the phrase is all hands on deck, yeah, which is a sailing reference as well. Correct, correct. <laughs> Strategy, where to go, uh, all hands on deck. Yeah, But it's that moment. It feels like it's that, that moment. moment. Yeah. yeah. Like everyone, we need all the farmers and everyone helping now yeah. to solve this problem. Yeah. And we can do it together. Yeah. There is enough for all of us. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time. I know it's a little late where you are. I appreciate you no, sharing it's fine. A, a, You're a little bit of your, your background, a little bit of your story and the family's history. It's definitely interesting to see companies that have been around for such a long time with such experience. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all your questions. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we're going to connect people to the all the social accounts and the website, and we'll put those in the show notes if they have any questions. Any other place do you want to send people to, to connect with you and the company? No, I think when the company name is in, that's fine. That's fine. They will find us. Okay. Thanks again for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. As always, eternally grateful to my guests for spending that precious hour of time with me and sharing their story. As always, full show notes available at verticalfarmingpodcast.com. There you'll find summaries, key takeaways, and resources mentioned, and also a back catalog of all our past episodes. Special thanks to our title sponsor, AgTech Marketing Team. If you or your team have been struggling to come up with a comprehensive social media marketing plan and don't know where to begin, reach out to them today. With expertise in strategy, paid media, community management, content generation, influencer, and email marketing, their team can have you up and running in a fraction of the time it would take you to hire a full team and at a fraction of the cost. Learn more at agtechmarketingteam.com. Podcast production and marketing provided by Fullcast.
To learn about the five key pillars of a successful podcast that every business owner needs to know prior to launching, visit fullcast.co and watch the free video. As a reminder, if you've enjoyed this episode or past episodes, do me a favor, leave me a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash VFP. Nothing makes me happier than to read those out on future episodes. And don't forget to tune in next week for a conversation with yet another fascinating leader from the world of vertical farming. Until we meet again, here's to your health. Thanks for listening. To read the full show notes for this episode, which includes any links mentioned in the episode, as well as a full show transcription, visit verticalfarmingpodcast.com. There, you can sign up for our email list to be notified when new episodes are published.